Media Do International brings you all of the love with digital BL books from Kombucha. Don't miss the comedic Professor Strangelove, Tender, a story of love that I do not know, High Stakes of Mahjong Parlor of Love, and the sweet steaminess of Patisserie of Love. Available now at your favorite digital retailers. For more BL content, follow MDI underscore BL on Twitter. Stay to the end of the episode to learn how you can win a free shikishi from Tomoe Sasahara, exclusively from Media Do and Kubunsha. In the effort of transparency and fairness, some of our group members who may or may not be participating in this episode may work for sponsors and or in the broader industry. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are their own and do not represent the views and opinions of their employers. Additionally, any sponsorship Yale Garden or Fujokan receives from these organizations is handled by our PR rep, and our members with industry ties have no role in soliciting or obtaining these sponsorships. Now on to the podcast. Welcome to 801 Reviewed. I'm your host, Lynn, with my co-hosts. I'm Professor Hot Mess. And I'm Brit. And today we'll be discussing Dick Fight Island by Ray Bun Ike. I think that's how you pronounce it, but if I butchered it, I'm very sorry. So Dick Fight Island is a manga by uh, Ray Bun Ike. Uh, where can you read this manga? It was published by Sublime, so you can read it in hard copy wherever books are sold, and you can read it on digital. So the basic storyline is there's a tournament to choose the next king of the island is about to begin. The rules are simple. Whoever comes first loses. Participating warriors protect their mighty swords with armor that grows larger and more elaborate with each tournament. But one warrior has returned from studying abroad with a technique certain to force a pleasurable eruption. Is there a competitor alive that is able to withstand it? Or is there a deft warrior destined to become king? Fun fact, when the first volume of Dick Fight Island was released in English, it topped the Amazon bestseller charts in the romance, manga, and yaoi and LBGQ manga categories. And it was second in action-adventure manga categories. So this was, you know, beginning of COVID, and apparently a lot of people were interested in reading this title. It was second, where you'd find big names like Demon Slayer and Naruto and all of that jazz. So take that. Ha. Huh. Yeah, take that, Amazon, you know. (laughs) So what first attracted to you this title? Well, I'd heard from friends from both within B.O. Garden and outside of it say that this was a book that had to be read and experienced firsthand. I wasn't sure because the cover art seemed a little too bizarre to me to enjoy. I thought it was maybe too over the top for me. But after yet another friend mentioned it in passing at a pub, my husband actually pulled it up on Amazon and he bought it himself. He then read it first because he opened it up just to check out the art, and he then became absorbed in the story. He insisted to me that I read it. He claimed it was the most wholesome smut he had ever read, and it really is. That's that's hilarious. That's kind of great, actually. <laughs> they see, that's, that's how it became number two on the action and adventure or whatever. People that weren't expecting to, they were like, I see this weird title, and uh, sure, I'll buy it and read it. And they're like, hmm, hmm, I actually kind of like this, hmm. So let's see, for me, actually, the first time I recall really hearing about the manga was, um, I think, at the first FujoCon, because I was one of the posts running uh, the panel for Sublime. 
And uh, they had talked about Dick Fight Island and that it was going to be available soon for pre-order. I think it, or it just had been set up for pre-order. I don't remember exactly because it was years ago. <laughs> uh, but I totally bought it like as soon as I could and read it and was it was hilarious. I loved it. Well, that's, that's funny that both of you have a funny story. I actually do, too. Um, Midnight actually many years ago sent me fan art or official art from the series. And she was like, check this out. And all these guys were standing in these, like, warrior battle attire. And we thought it was just, like, fan art that somebody had created, you know. I was like, that's kind of a cool idea. And then we laughed about it. And when Sublime announced that it was going to be licensed, I was had that OMG moment, like, that was a real thing. It's not a webcomic. It wasn't something somebody created. I was just shocked. And, you know, that moment, you know, that I, I always think of TikTok, you know, the audio is like, um, you're coming home with me that I actually had that moment when it was released. And it was like my most anticipated title last year. And I was going to read it regardless of the content. But I just I had to read it. So I had to get my hands on it. What were your first impressions of this manga without getting into spoilers? As I mentioned before, I think the best description for this manga is wholesome smut. It looks pretty explicit on its face, especially the cover, and it definitely does have explicit scenes, but it's so much more than that. It has an amazing cast of characters, and despite having a very large cast like many shonen shows do, it's only one volume and they managed to cram them all in there. Phrasing. <laughs> Every character managed to shine and have their own distinct personality and backstory, and I thought that was really impressive writing. So, never judge a book by its cover. Or maybe in this case. I don't know. But I, I, the cover is kind of, it doesn't really tell you what it's about, but it does get your attention. So, when I picked it up, I really honest, I was expecting some sort of, like, literal macho dick-waving contest with, you know, even then, uh has homoerotic undertones anyway or some sort of like maybe shonen type art or maybe gay call me i didn't know you know i at most i thought maybe it was kind of like a jojo or a fist of the north star type of style uh but that's uh that's definitely not what i got it's actually uh a lighter art style explain it i don't know how to explain that but it's very pretty i'll put it that way but it does have its uh homoeroticism flat out but, you know, it has that sweet story and really adorable characters who just happen to also fight with giant cock swords. Definitely. I definitely thought at first glance it was going to be like Hunger Games with swords. Like once they lose, they would be voted off the island or some sort. And I was like, sign me up because this seems absolutely ridiculous. The premise is just very silly. But in the story itself, they take themselves very seriously. But to us as the reader, it's very silly. But they're using their powers for evil, and I guess it's not a, really a game of skill, but it's a game of stamina. So who can hold out? Of course, one must train very seriously, but this manga, again, doesn't take itself too very seriously. All right, we're about to enter the spoiler zone, so if you have not read this manga, I suggest reading that before you come back to the section of the podcast. So here we go. Since there were so many warriors to choose from, who were you rooting for? Was there any particular armor that spoke to you? Because we're all talking about aesthetic here, you know. None of the armor really spoke to me, but I have a soft spot for the two older ruling kings, the Jewel King and the Healer King. They both gave off pretty chill, cool daddy vibes, and I liked how concerned they were for all the warriors who seemed a little naive and young compared to them. And they seemed to view the warriors as kind of their children outside Chief Roro, who was around their age. 
Conversely, I really liked the Fang Clan warrior because he was the youngest and was trying really hard for his two moms, even though he got eliminated pretty early. So I can't say that I have a specific favorite because uh, I love them all. Um, they were all just so very serious and very dedicated to their uh, craft. And they trained for years, which was kind of interesting. They actually did train for years. And they just have this over-the-top, unrealistic dick armor that is good. It's great. So I guess, if anything, I would say I just appreciated the actual world building the mangaka created. And, you know, we get to learn the motivations driving each character. You know, and the mangaka could have done something very simple, like, oh, here's some dudes. They're going to go and fight with their fake, you know, dick armors or whatever. And that's it. But, you know, you have a story with actual layers and world building and, you know, yeah, it's pretty great. And you know what? The dick armors were stupid, but they were amazing. And who doesn't love a dick armor with literal axes and whips attached to it? No, I agree with you. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I am kind of curious. Like, how do they make it? You know how, like, women are like, oh, you can do your kegels and you can... You get your muscles going and everything down there. I'm like, what do they do for them? Like, they have this years of training... I'm just like, huh. Interesting. Well, they don't go into deep detail. It's only, I guess, our imagination. Right. You know, but, but uh, I, yeah. I want to know the science behind it. I want to know. Well, maybe maybe one day she'll come out with the science. That'd be great. Because I, I really want to know, too. Um, she did do a prequel, but it has some more with the one kid who went abroad, the main character, Haruto, mm -hmm. who went to go take school abroad and his life abroad. I don't think, so it's not a sequel as much as it is a prequel, but I don't think it goes into, like... Detail. Yeah, but I actually haven't read it, so maybe it does, or she'll write another one. Who knows? More prequels. I want to know more about the weird triangle with the kings and Chief Roro, but, you know, we'll see. If we don't get it, that's what fan fiction's for, everybody, so... True. <laughs> Most of the men in my manga were, like, my type, so, like, as soon as I saw what the characters looked like, I was like, I have to read this, but the dragon warrior, Senglonaga, I think he was my favorite, and I really liked the eye patch. I don't know, the eye patch was really doing it for me, I guess. But anyway, uh, did you have a favorite fight? The Jewel King teaching Chief Roro a lesson in the final battle was probably my favorite. I keep talking about them, but I, I got a thing for the older dudes, I guess, uh, in my selective older age. It was an interesting way to end the unrequited crush that Roro had on the Jewel King's partner, the Healer King. I just thought the whole thing was like a trip. Did you see the Jewel King when he... Um... I guess it was the, no, the Healer King after, you know, the tournament when he shaved his face. He definitely, you know, lost the daddy vibes a little bit when he <laughs> little shaved. A little bit, a little bit. A little, a little bit, disappointed. we still love him anyway. I mean, Britt, what were your thoughts? So probably the very first fight was my favorite. You know, it was the one between Hart and I think it's Tailing or Taling. And, and not because it's, you know, better than any other fight, but because it's really our first glance into what we're going to get. It's that what the fuck kind of moment for the reader. And they question what they got themselves into, basically. And it's insane. But it makes you want to keep reading and see how much weirder the manga can get. So probably the first one. I like the uh, Piasso and Judah fight. Um, they are childhood friends and they have to fight one another. So it becomes fellow chosen to, you know, they're friends to lovers. So if you're into friends to lovers, this is your couple. And the second volume has a nice little touch on you know after the games type thing but that's something i'm just gonna let y'all read that 
if you're interested in a little bit more backstory of these characters. They were so freaking cute. Yeah, it was really cute. So it, you know, gives you a different taste. You know, it gives you what happens afterwards. What were your final thoughts after reading the first volume? I was surprised how much story got cram-packed into just one volume and how neatly it managed to wrap up by the end. I was completely satisfied. I didn't need any more. Um, Oftentimes I'll read a story and be like, man, I wish I could have more. And while I'm hungry for more backstory, I don't need it. Like, I'm satisfied. It's like having a meal and you feel full. You could do dessert, but you don't have to. Um, I was later surprised, like I mentioned before, that there is a volume two, but it sounds like it may be more of a prequel story than a true sequel. So as soon as I realized that there was a second volume, I did pre-order it and I do have a copy. I have not read it yet. It's still in its plastic wrap, actually, uh, because I have a million things I'm in the process of reading. But again, don't judge a book by its cover or title. Or maybe you should, again, in this case. Um, But if you like great art, absurdist theater, which I'm a huge fan of, uh, and world building, you might just find yourself pleasantly surprised. And, you know, the characters and the pairings, they're pretty great too. Plus, it's kind of sexy at times. So you've got humor, sexy romance, and you got armored dicks with built-in axes to fight other armored dicks. And so you, you can't go wrong. Totally agree. This was a fun read. The manga doesn't take itself too seriously, as I mentioned before. I mean, in the couple first pages, you know, you see uh, one of the warriors come back from being abroad. That's Hart. He jumps out of a helicopter first. Then he swims ashore, and there's two other warriors, which he runs into, Piasso and I think Judah. And um, he's coming back wearing different clothing and says, you look like a woman, you know, in the clothing you're wearing. You're not showing off your ass. I mean, like, the first couple of pages, I'm already laughing. So... This might be a place I eventually want to visit, but um, for now, I will have to reread the manga as we as one does. Who would you suggest this title to? I feel like I suggest this for almost every title I review, but Yarch and Bitch Club has explicit scenes and nonsense shenanigans mixed in with some wholesome moments, much like Dick Fight Island, and both of them have three-word titles about dicks, so I think it just works. I think so. So... Like we mentioned, the manga actually made a few news outlets just because of how ridiculous the cover was and the concept was. You can actually Google it and you'll find that it was reviewed by a lot of bigger name uh, websites, which was kind of interesting. And they all had really positive things to say about it. But I would say anyone who likes hilarious and weird manga that doesn't have personal issues with 2D dudes banging other 2D dudes, then this manga might just be for you. And if that ridiculousness is your jam, then you should definitely head on over to the world of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because it's very, uh, it's got a similar feel. I'll put it that way. I agree with that. When I was reading this, I kind of got like Sarazanmai vibes because like the concept of Sarazanmai, I mean, I'm talking about the anime, I know there's a manga, but it was just kind of very ridiculous, but you couldn't look away. So this is kind of the same thing, especially with that first fight, you know, that's what you're introduced to the like what the fuck what makes this particular tournament so dramatic and things like that so that in terms of the comedy but if you're interested in a good comedy bl that's just kind of ridiculous in itself i thought of his favorites so there's a couple of titles that you could jump into maybe after you read this one all right Britt, why don't you take us out Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 801 Reviewed. If you would like to learn more about us, check out our website at blgardendfw.com or check us out on Twitter at blgardendfw. 
In addition, please consider leaving a five-star review whenever you're listening. We really appreciate every last one of you. Until next time, this is your host, Lynn and Professor Hot Mess and Britt. We are signing out. Bye. 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 Media Do International and publisher Kabuncha have released mangaka Tomoe Sasahara's BL digital titles, the comedy Professor Strangelove, and the spin on a fairy tale, Legend of Mad BL Momotaro. And 801 has an exclusive giveaway from Sasahara-sensei, also known as author Chie Sasahara. We're giving away one signed shikishi from the manga creator. To enter the giveaway, you must be 18 years or older and a U.S. resident. You can go to www.blgardendfw.com forward slash 801xmediado to enter. Good luck. Thank you so much to Media Do for sponsoring today's episode. We'd also like to thank our patrons. Barb Colt, Christina Coleman, Joy Kiss, Ray, Crystal Marie, Ambo Snoodler, Carlise Williams, Puck, CJ, Angie Fick, Marina Carlson, Anna, BL Compilations, Kendra Lawrence, Kezizi, and Courtney Brocker. We love you always. Thank you so much.